0: Welcome to The Mix Show, where I give you a laid-back look at the lives and businesses of today's most well-respected creatives. You'll learn key life lessons from culture's most prominent personalities, musicians, actors, athletes, and CEOs. So sit back, relax, and let's get into the show. This is The Mix Show. Welcome back to The Mix Show. This is episode nine. Yes, we have somehow made it through nine episodes so far of The Mix Show. And if you're enjoying season one, just wait for season two. I promise you it only gets better and better. I hope so, at least, right? Our special guest this week, episode nine, is David Meltzer. He's the co-founder of Sports One Marketing, formerly served as the CEO of the renowned Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment Agency, which you may or may not know was the inspiration for the movie Jerry Maguire. So while well, that might make you think, show me the money, show me the money, show me the money, what David does is really interesting. His philosophy is make a lot of money, help a lot of people, have a lot of fun. And the way he does that, the way he goes about living his life is a true, true, true inspirational story. We're so excited to have him here for episode nine of The Mix Show. Sit back, relax, enjoy it, and here it is. I'm very excited to be here today with our very, very special guest, David
1: Meltzer. How are you, man? I'm excited, man. I know that you're a Buckeye like me. We have so many things in common. I'm so excited to spend a little time with you and hopefully give a few lessons to help you and others. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So I'm from Ohio. and
0: We grew up not too, too far from each other, just a little bit down, uh, what is it, 80? Is that the freeway? Or 76, right? Then it turns to 80. I can't even remember how. I've been in New York for 12 years now. So all of those- goes east and west, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All of those Ohio turnpikes and freeways get a little messy. But so a little- so you understand a little context. Uh, I'm a DJ that turned into an entrepreneur and turned into an investor and then turned into a dad. But DJing was still like my main... Like how athletes expand what they do in life. I use DJing to expand what I wanted to do in life. So everything I learned in college ultimately led to like nothing. But then I was able to use my music and my relationships to kind of like come back to tie it into college and get some sort of career out of it that expands to everything I wanted to do. And what's funny was, and I didn't realize this, I have two connections with you. That are really odd and unique, but it led to how this all unfolded today. One, one of the first gigs I actually did when I started taking DJing seriously, growing up in Ohio, I'm almost positive and that I did um, Warren Moons Hall of Fame Party in Canton. Yeah. So, so that's it was like in a hotel ballroom. And then secondly, I had did a party maybe I don't know five, six, seven years ago for the NFLPA uh, during it was either Pro Bowl or during Super Bowl weekend. And your book connected to goodness was in the gift bag. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, it's funny because that book really impacted a lot of my mindset and my thought process in life. But I remember, you know, getting back to my room and I opened up the big gift bag and I was just like, I just wondered like, where's like the Cristal? Where's like the rare Jordans? It's like a book. And then it was just like coupons and gift cards. And I ended up reading the book on the flight home. So I was just like, this is crazy. Like I was meant to get this book in that bag. I wasn't meant to get like whatever gift bag the, the quarterbacks got. I got the vendor bag. But I was so grateful uh, to read that book. And then that kind of set me on a path of discovery about who you are and the things that you stand for and just the overall positivity that you choose to like live your life with. And I kind of want to touch on a bunch of things like that. Like you strike me from the book, from what I've read, from what I heard, from probably just mutual relationships that we have as one of the most positive people I've ever come across. How do
1: you wake up every day with that mindset? You know, gratitude's a muscle for me. And I was first of all blessed to grow up with a single mom who wouldn't even let me come down to breakfast if I didn't have a gratitude in my mindset. So if I had a, a negative, the half is glass empty attitude, she was sending me back to my room to change my mindset. So that muscle's been developed over the years and especially the last 15 years where I really got involved with mindset, where I really got involved in understanding gratitude as the ability to find the light, the love and the lessons and everything. You know, for me, it started with just taking out the trash. I tested myself because I hated taking the trash out. It was like bad karma bill for me. I felt like it was a punishment. And from the time I was a kid, six kids, five boys and a girl, for whatever reason, probably because I didn't like to take the trash out, I always had to take the trash out. I go to college, smallest guy in my football fraternity. They make me take the trash out. I end up with three daughters, have to take the trash out, you know, all these different things. And I set forth saying, you know what? this stuff has spilled on me, cut me, ruined my days. I've wasted so much time, energy, and emotion on trash. If I can prove to myself that I can love to take the trash out, if I can learn to be grateful for taking the trash out, then like Viktor Frankl in the Holocaust, who learned to be grateful for the dirty water fish head soup after being a prestigious doctor in Germany and being stuck in a concentration camp, he had an unbelievable mental aptitude and mindset and the ability to strengthen that muscle to find, obviously, light, love, and lessons and beauty and anything. I wanted to be that guy that could find light, love, and lessons and beauty in anything. And that's what I've been working towards by enjoying the consistent, persistent pursuit of that perspective.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I've never heard anybody reference trash in, in that way as such a positive And it made me think like, I started working in seventh grade. My grandpa had a drugstore in in Youngstown, Ohio. And his thing to do to bring me to reality was, you can't just be the cool kid in middle school. You can't be the guy who's like doing all this thing. Our middle school was right next to my grandpa's drugstore. And he literally would make me jump in the dumpster to smush the trash down so they could get more trash in it to save money, you know, to give him a better business. I would always end up getting that job Right when like kids I knew were walking by, it would like be right after (laughs) school. He'd be like, all right, your first thing to do, I couldn't let me sell candy or like do all these cool things. It was jump in the garbage. And it taught me like, man, ultimately, like the opinions of these people, like they were 12 and 13 doesn't ultimately matter as you go through life. But I didn't know. I hated him. I was like, are you serious? You obviously take a lot of things super seriously in your life, but you've also said never take things seriously. Like how do you rectify those two things
1: in a balance? Yeah, I think there's a lot of things that I blend that don't make sense to other people, like being so persistent and consistent in what I do, but being so patient and allowing it to happen. Another one of those areas, I was blessed today to do today's National Sunday. I know we both have sons named Miles, and I put him yeah, yeah, yeah. on my Instagram, and we asked him, you know, what's the number one lesson you learned from your dad? And he said, rule number six, don't take yourself so seriously. So I think you can be serious, right? Uh, serious is the ability to study what you want. It's the mathematical equation of luck. So I believe that the more I pay attention to and the more I give intention to what I think, say, do, believe, and even understand my personality traits, characteristics, possessions, and addictions, they create the coincidences I want in my life. And I have to be able to institute the law of Goya, getting off my ass, you know, being the little burrow, outworking everybody, having that Buckeye attitude or a yeah. why-me attitude, uh, no, but a try-me attitude, you know, like Youngstown and Akron guys, we don't quit. But on the other side, you can blend in the ability to be that ferocious with the Buddha attitude of not taking yourself so seriously. Like, I put the seriousness in what I'm doing, but not into the outcome. So when I learn to detach my emotions from the outcome, but apply my emotions like a ferocious Buddha to the activity of getting what I wanted, that was the blend and the enlightenment that I needed in order to effectuate this idea of being completely persistent and consistent and still being patient.
0: You mentioned the dualities of your beliefs, which I agree with wholeheartedly. How has that been like as far as when you're dealing with corporate culture and you're dealing with like some of the biggest CEOs in the world, and the biggest venture capitalists in the world, we've seen a million times over, these companies say they're all about people and humanity and all that, and then obviously like they're not. When you're
1: dealing with them and you're preaching
0: this this gospel to them, how is that normally received? Well, it's interesting
1: because I know there's two currencies. One is the money, which is an object of energy that we put into the flow to get what we want. Usually people put money in the context of scarcity, you know, back to the world of not enough or the world of just enough. So many people and corporations Buy things that they don't need to impress people they don't like. But when I get into a corporate setting with some of the greatest billionaires, executives, entrepreneurs, celebrities, athletes, entertainers, as I have through my career, I ran the most notable sports agency in the world. You had mentioned the Warren Moon Connection. He and I had partnered into one of the biggest sports marketing and media companies. But in the end, teaching abundance, showing people quantitative analysis, being able to articulate how you can be abundant and still provide value. So I instituted something I called the 120 rule, which was I'm not gonna step in front of those executives. I'm not gonna step in front of the billionaires, millionaires, entrepreneurs, unless I can articulate how are they going to benefit quantitatively from what we're doing to prove to them just because they get something doesn't mean that other people can't have it as well. Just because you are receiving doesn't mean you're shorting something of somebody. There's not the world of to me. There's not the world of for me. There's a world of through me. And teaching these executives to allow things to come through them for others for the ultimate benefit of the greater good is one of the missions that I'm on in order to impact over a billion people to be happy. I love that. You mentioned
0: providing value. I hear that as a common theme, and I and I agree with that. A lot of the people that are in my audience, a lot of people that are listening to this podcast, like we're focusing on creatives of all types. And my belief is that we're all creatives. Whether you're a a DJ who turns into other things or you're an athlete or you're an actor or you're uh, just a guy sitting in a cubicle at a company, I've always felt that it was frustrating that you're always told the creatives are on this side of the company. You guys get the big windows, you guys get the Macs, you guys get all that. And everybody else, you're told you're not the creatives and you're sitting at the cubicle and you have the the slow Windows computer and you have all that. And I've, I've always felt that like when I was in college, they told me I couldn't be creative if I wanted to be successful, which blew my mind. Shout out to uh, John Carroll University. I know you'll appreciate that. The mug, I actually pulled it out for some Ohio shit for you. But, you know, it's not true. So, you know, what would you say to the people who are creative and entrepreneurial and on the younger beginning side of their careers right now, right? Who they know they need to provide value, right? But they don't think that they can yet simply because they're 22, 23. They don't have that big job. They don't have that bank account, the expense account, the relationships. How can those people provide value?
1: That's so interesting because I believe that genius and creativity is the expression of God. It's the expression of what we're connected to all the time. It's the expression of the light, the love, and the lessons that we're always connected to. And you know, these social impacts and impressions and judgments and conditions that society has put on us through our educational system, through our economic system, which needs to be rethought because everybody has the ability to manifest. I use the analogy that All of us are like 3D printers and we're just geared to print different stuff, right? You're geared to print music. I'm printing money. Don't tell the government. No, (laughs) but we're all, we're all able to manifest. In fact, I'm doing, you know, training this Friday about the ability to manifest, you know, connected to goodness was about manifesting everything in your life and business. We are all co-creators and we're co-creating and collaborating together. My goal in life is not to you know, find some connection to that great source of expression of genius and creativity. It's to clear the interference from not only what other people have told me, but what other people have expected of me and what I've told myself that I can't do. So I'm always telling people, I know we're close to voting season, hey, vote for what you want. You know, elect what you want in your life. Most people spend their lives voting for what other people want for them And then they're resentful when they get it. Or even worse, most people vote for what they don't want in their lives. They're always telling themselves, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do that. And then they end up electing exactly what they don't want in their lives. And then they're depressed and sad that they didn't do it. You talked about me being super optimistic. Part of the reason is, is I'm expression of genius. I'm a creative source that can create whatever I want. I can materialize whatever I want. And I'm gonna do so by voting for what I want Asking for help, knowing I can't out-ask the universe and ask big enough to get what I want and to create and impact others to get what they want as well. Most importantly, happiness. You know, for 20 years, I've been training people for free. It started just with sales training because that's what I really knew. And it's built into life and all types of training, ego training, sales pitch. I got a TV show on Bloomberg called The Two-Minute Drill. I got training on how to do a podcast. I got training on, you know, the five to thrive in life. I got all kinds of trainings, and this week's on manifestation. And so every Friday, I do free trainings. Thousands of people come, even more people watch the replay because I do them Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Not the most convenient time, it's just where I've been doing them for 20 years. But so many people join on Spotify and Apple and Entrepreneur, where they can join free trainings with me and join me for free. And look, you can email me directly, david at dmeltzer.com to join, david at dmeltzer.com. I'd love for everyone to join me and learn to empower others, to empower others to be healthy, which means make a lot of money, help a lot of people and have a lot of fun with your life. I like that. I think a lot of people feel that there's a imbalance
0: of you can't be a good person as well as make a lot of money at the same time, or you can't enjoy a great life while you're still impacting other people's life on a high level. And how would you help somebody understand a relationship to money?
1: You know, I think that's a huge problem is number one, most people don't feel worthy of what they have. So they start making excuses for not having it, right? They come up with things like I give, the more I give, the more I get, but they never have anything to give. So what use is that? I'll tell you right now, I could not be poor enough to help anybody, but I could be rich enough to help a ton of people. I can't be sick enough to make you well, but I can be well enough to help get you well. There's so many things that people don't realize in shifting the paradigm of value that I actually focus in on receiving as much as I can with no guilt, no resentment, offense, no separation. I focus on receiving as much as I can to allow it to come through me for others with appreciation, gratitude, and me adding my values to it. But I think it's so important for people to not make excuses for what they want, to feel worthy of everything that they receive so they can give it away. Look, I know during COVID a lot of people are like, Can't be out there, Dave, telling how happy you are and how great things are going for you. And I'm here to tell you, I am not apologizing for being well. I'm not going to apologize for being rich. I want to. I know this. I can be rich enough to make everyone rich, and that's my goal. And I can be happy enough to make everyone happy. And I'm trying to do that with over a billion people to be happy as my mission. So please drop all the all the nonsense. You don't need that ego based corrosion and interference. You are worthy of everything you receive, and you can't give what you don't have. So receive much, much more for yourself so you can give much, much more to others. I even fell into that myself when the quarantine happened because like the
0: majority of my work at that time was through live entertainment, which was obviously like taken off the grid for mostly everybody, whether you're an athlete or you're, you're an entertainer. And it's not going to come back for most of us officially until next year. And so the first few months, I was just like, woe is me, woe is me. People were like, how are you? I'm like, broke, you know, just trying to figure it out, you know, all these sort of like standard answers. And then a couple months ago, I started noticing, similar to your story, like a lot of the world's actually out here living. They're actually out here enjoying, you know, life. And I was just like, I felt they were flaunting and I was like mad at that. And then I had to like check myself and say, no, no, no. I mean, mean, there obviously are flaunters as well, but a lot of these people are just living their truth. They're living their life. Maybe they are paralyzed with economical issues. Maybe they're not. Maybe they dealt with health in their family. Maybe they didn't, but they're just out there living and whatever this new normal is. And I shifted my mindset like two or three months ago and like Mm -hmm. so much started opening. I don't wake up every day. Like when is this shit going to be over? So I could fucking get on with the rest of my life. Now it's like, this is what's going on. This is the rest of my life. Let's fucking go. And it's like, I'm a better dad, I'm a better provider for him, I'm a better human, my friends like me again. Like it's a crazy thing, but it took a complete mind shift and a mindset change to do that. It is because of what people like you guys teach
1: and preach that we're able to figure that out. I was starting to tell people, man, don't be a tube. You know, and my uncle always said, there's too many people on earth that are tubes, right? Their whole being is put it in this tube, let it out the other side of the tube. That's their whole existence. And a lot of times when we get into accelerated change and uncertainty and things change very quickly for us, we become tubes and we forget. You said it so well, right? People are out there living. And you can go ahead and you know figure out, take inventory of your values, figure out what you do control. You can't control everything. So I always focus it on what my mindset is, what I do control. Number one thing is I control that mindset. I can love to take out the trash. Bring it on, try me. Two, I can control what I feel. I control my heart set. So you cannot make me feel bad. You know, having three teenage daughters besides that gorgeous boy, Miles, you know, you learn how your feelings can get hurt. You know, it's not just millennials, man. These teenage girls hurt each other. feels like nobody can hurt your feelings. You allow that to happen, right? I control what I feel. I control what I see and think and hear and do, especially here. So inundate yourself with the right people, the right ideas, think the right things, say the right things, do the right things, hear the right things, and feel the right things. And guess what comes into your life? Exactly what you just stated. All the right things. Better dad, better business person, better friend. And when you're a better friend, you have more friends. When you're a better dad, your kids love you. When you're a better spouse, your spouse loves you. Whatever it is, you be better. you learn to love you, more people will love you. I promise.
0: I remember you said something. I believe it was in connected to goodness, uh, where you talked about using the word cancel. You know, I laugh because you make cancel such a powerful, positive word, and we live in this cancel culture now. Obviously, like a lot of people get called on their shit, and cancel has become what me red flag issue. And I love that, like for you, cancel is a positive thing. It's a mindset change. It's a
1: stop. Let's get this right moment. Yeah, you got to be a ferocious Buddha. So when I have a negative thought or I hear someone say something negative, a judgment, a condition, something that separates us, I sometimes just say out loud, cancel. I don't want any negative inputs. The way our body, mind, and soul work, the way the conscious, subconscious, and unconscious work is we get 10,000 thoughts a day, 10,000 new thoughts a day. And you want to keep those pure, just like a good database, good data in, good data out. So by controlling that, if I got bad data coming in, some negative thought, I can't do this, or oh no, you know the economy's gonna go, blah, 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 cancel, cancel. It cancels out worry, because why? I want only positive thoughts in the 40,000 of the same thoughts I have in my subconscious mind so that those are regenerating even when I'm sleeping so that my energy carries. There's a, a reason why. You notice some people think, say, and do all the right things. We've met them, especially in Ohio. Kind nice, good people, but they are attracting shit in their life all the time. And then you meet some a-hole and you're like, why the heck this guy got a beautiful family, tons of money, super happy and healthy. And this poor woman over here, she does all the great things, go to church every Sunday. She helps out, feeds the kids. I will tell you why, because she's carrying the energy. It has nothing to do. It's quantum in your nature. And if you want to shift your energy, you got to control negativity and allow only the positivity to come through you. So cancel out all negative thoughts. Don't listen to BS. Don't allow yourself to participate in negative energy. Just cancel it, cancel it, cancel it. I love that. I know uh, we,
0: we have we have a couple minutes left before you have to go and um, just go on about your amazing positive progressive life that's inspiring everybody so much let's talk about something fun real quick uh what do you listen to musically like what do you enjoy like if i ever when the world comes back and i'm djing and and when i see you across the room and you you're like that looks like that weird dude i did that podcast with what am i playing for you as you're walking across to say hello
1: you know i i like to mix it up my cousin's dj wooly dj skis a friend little john you know we did a lot of work together in the day so I got an eclectic understanding of music and I, I like anything mixed up. So I like a guy that can take old school rap, mix in maybe even a couple of riffs from, you know, some classical into other genres like country. And so I really music wise, I'm a vibrational frequency person. Anything that moves me, and depending on the mood, right, there's certain frequency from Bob Marley to common sense to, you know, Led Zeppelin, it wouldn't matter. Slayer. You know, I'm a big Carrie King fan when he's on the guitar for whatever reason it touches me. You know, all the way to old school rap. You know, I was there early with the Sugar Hill Gang and Beastie Boys. I could throw it down. I could still break dance. I still, still, I'm 52. I can still do the splits, man. So you break out some killer mix of a multiple genre of music, you're going to move me, man. I love that. I'm going to hold you to that. If
0: you're not break dancing or doing splits on some, on some fancy... I'll do it for you. Do you have anything coming up in the next six months that you'd like to talk about? Any more books? I know I know you have so yeah, much Yeah, so I mean,
1: besides the Friday training, which please, everybody, come participate. It's free. It'll change your life. Just like my books. I will give everyone on your show my book for free. You go ahead and email me, david at dmelter.com. But I have a new show. It's coming out on Bloomberg. Two-minute drill. It's a pitch competition. You can email me if you want to apply. You got some great prizes. And it's two minutes to pitch your idea. I give you feedback. You get to ask questions. We got great people on there to help as well pick the winners, but it's uh, on all the digital platforms, be the airports, hotel rooms, two-minute drill. Check out the new show. Of course, my podcast, The Playbook, is just killing it, helping people. I've had everyone from very, very, very famous guests, Cameron Diaz, Dan Aykroyd, all the owners of the teams, down to just interesting entrepreneurs that can teach us lessons in life. So join me at David Meltzer. Email me, David at D Meltzer, and I have a text community nine four nine two nine eight two nine oh five man mick i appreciate you let's do this again we got so much to come i can't wait to get to ohio and see you well i'm uh you would not see me because i left, uh, you left. Ago. one day
0: yeah we'll, we'll just meet there we'll meet there and just get like some some or whatever yeah. There you go. all right so hey thank you so much i appreciate the time uh best throughout the rest of this year with your family and tell your miles hello i'm gonna go tell miles my miles hello and uh Talk to you soon. Thank you so much.
1: National Sunday, send my love. Thank you so much, my Absolutely. brother. Take care, Thank you so much. Take care. Appreciate Bye. you. Bye. God bless. Be kind to your future self. Absolutely. And that was
0: it for another episode of The Mix Show. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We sincerely appreciate it. Please, please, please do us a favor. Wherever it is that you listen to your favorite podcast, please, please subscribe to The Mix Show. Like The Mix Show. Write a review for The Mix Show. Leave a star rating for The Mix Show. Whatever you can do helps. Five stars would be amazing. Four stars would be cool. 4.5. I was never an A-plus student in school. I was like that B-plus guy. So anything in that range, more than grateful for. Also, make sure you follow on social, Instagram, at Mick, Twitter, at I am Mick. Let me know who you want to see on a future episode of The Mick Show so we can try to get them on for you. Again, thank you all so much for tuning in, and we will see you back here next week.